What's up, Mzanzi? Welcome to episode 325 of Farmers Inside Track, powered by AECI Plant Health. I'm your host, Octavius Pandil. Have you ever heard about the natural enemy of the tomato fruits that you're farming with? Does the name Tuta Absoluta ring a bell? Well, Tuta Absoluta, also known as the tomato leaf miner or tomato pinball, is a major pest to tomatoes in the field. Stay tuned to an insightful conversation by Alvin Forsted, Regional Technical Advisor from AECI Plant Health, sharing more about the pest, how to control tomato leaf miner, and recommendations for farmers. This conversation is not to be missed. Alvin Forster, welcome to Farmers Inside Jack. I am so excited to pick your brain on Tuta Absoluta, which is one of the most destructive pests of tomatoes. Good day, Octavia. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to tell you more about this destructive pest that we have on tomatoes. Can you share some background and the life cycle of Tuta Absoluta? originated in Peru in the 1960s and then it spread through Europe in 2006 and then we in South Africa start worrying about it because we know we had all the bad publicity of this pest that's in Europe and we started to prepare ourselves so we got some emergency registrations in South Africa. Usually you register products and it took like five years to get the registration but what the registrar did, they got some products that's registered in Europe and they said we can use it here. So from 2006 it spread through Africa and in 2016 the first report was in South Africa. And from there up to now it spread through the whole of South Africa and there's places in South Africa that they can't even grow tomatoes because of Tuta. A few years ago here in Bloemfontein where I am stationed there was a lot of farmers that lost their whole crop due to Tuta. And we had an emergency meeting and all the farmers come together to spray the same chemicals. The problem now, it's also spreading towards potatoes. So that's where we got the problem at this stage. Some of more the background on Tuta. The host is the Solanacea group of plants. That's basically the potato plant. And the main host is, as I said, is tomatoes, but also potatoes, eggplant, and even the capsicums, the pepper plants. Tobacco is also part of that, and cape gooseberry is also one of the crops that it can attack. Some other additional host is mainly weeds that also in the solanacea group of plants. The life cycle is basically like the silkworm that we used to have when we were children. It's in the lepidoplast, and what basically happened is eggs and larvae and pupae and moths. So it's basically the way it's going. The moth lays eggs on the foliage of the plant as well as on the fruit sometimes and they lay it in groups of two to five or sometimes only single eggs that's been laid. These eggs take around about four to five days to edge. Out of these eggs the larvae come. When they come out of the egg they like green and then they become more green as they grow bigger. They feed inside the leaves and the stems, sometimes even the fruits. Duration of the life cycle as a larva is between 8 and 14 days. In summertime, it will take shorter, and in winter, it will become longer. The pupae that forms 
after the full stage of the larvae is cocoon are constantly mostly at the soil level but also in the leaf mines and folded foliage. The cocoons are mostly hidden or camouflaged by foliage or sand and dirt particles. The duration of this is around 7 to 10 days. And then after that we get the moth and they are active during night time and their life cycle is two weeks and most of the eggs is laid during the first week of their life cycle and they can lay up to 260 eggs. A complete life cycle can take as short as three weeks time. It's so interesting that you also mentioned the development to potatoes as well now. And I think that's how serious this pest actually is. So can you maybe tell us a little bit about the appearance of Tuta Absoluta? The appearance of Tuta Absoluta is sometimes it's confused with another pest that's predominantly on potatoes and also a big problem, especially on potatoes, it's called the potato tuber moth. Now, all of these moths, the Tuta Absoluta, the potato tuber moth, the potato leaf miner and American leaf miner are all pests that come on the Sulanasia and they tunnel in between the leaves of the plants. So if you take a note, a 10 or 20 or a 200 note, if you've got so much in your purse, and you look into the watermark, it's basically the same. If you take this leaf and you put it into the light, you can see the leaf miner or tube-tough, whatever paste there is, is inside in between the two sheets of the top and the bottom side of the leaf. The difference between the two types, Luta and uh, potato tuber moth, is basically only the length of the moth. The moth of the two is a bit smaller, so its diameter is 6 millimeters. And the one of potato tuber moth is around 8 millimeter. Both of the moths is gray, brownish, so it's very difficult to see what the difference is there. So it's only the length of the moth that you can really determine. On the larvae, the length of the tuta is 8 millimeter and the length of the potato tuber moth is 10 millimeter. Here's a bit more difference. The tuta larvae is greenish and where the the tuber moth is more brownish of color. Tuta absoluta, when the larva shed its skin, the body color to brownish, greenish color. Larva is mature. Most exit their minds and search for population locations. They are then usually fattish and pinkish in color. The tuta absoluta pupa is 5 millimeter in diameter and the color is green light and becoming dark to black as they age. Mostly on the ground, and they go inside from silken cocoon impregnated with sand particles. Other locations include leaf folds and between leaves, then usually a silky lining and seal of openings before pupation. Pupation can take place anywhere, including stores, packaged material, and containers. The tuta larva feeds between the upper and layer of the leaf and Mature mines are blocked leaf mines, large and blister-like, mostly with short finger-shaped extensions. Larvae and excrement may be noticed when holding a leaf mine against the light. What kind of damage do they do on tomatoes? The damage that they cause is mostly on the leaves. As I said, they mine in between the leaves and they inside the leaves. And what happened then, that the population levels are high, leaf mines may emerge causing entire leaves and sometimes stink to die off. Most of the foliage may be destroyed in such cases, and large portions of the plants may die off. 
Larvae may move from one infested leaf to another, especially when leaves becoming chlorotic due to many larvae feeding together. Young plantings may completely be destroyed, while older plantings may suffer up to 80-100% loss. I planted tomatoes here at my place two years ago, and I planted around about 10 plants, and I didn't harvest one tomato. To take out first the leaves and the fruits that was affected was damaged by fungi and bacteria that came in as secondary to the wounds. The damage to the foliage is primarily caused of economic losses when larvae numbers are high, but fruit might also be attacked. The fruits, often they move from the leaves to the fruit. Sometimes they lay the eggs on the fruit and they can penetrate the fruit from there. Entry holes may be found anywhere on the fruit but mostly the calyx. Excreta are often found where the holes is. You can see the droppings of the worms as they enter the holes inside the fruit. The larvae may enter the fruit and they can go as deep as 1.5 centimeter in the fruit. The entire hole acts as a secondary pathway for pathogens that may rot fruit quickly. Alvin, I'm quite curious to know, what can we do to control Tuta absoluta? The control is mainly with insecticides, but unfortunately there's no small pack insecticides currently available for small gardeners and the guys that's not commercially growing tomatoes. The following aspects of IPM will play an important role in effective controlling. We must use resistant insecticides, we must manage resistance, we must do sanitation, we must rotate crops, do monitoring, walk through your field, see what's happening there. And then we can also make use of natural enemies. That's sometimes we can release some of those natural enemies. Chemically wise, luckily there's quite a few of chemicals registered, but unfortunately some of them are all in the same group of actives. By using chemicals, we must prevent resistance because of the short life cycle of tuta and high reproductivity capacity of them and resistant history in other countries, we know that the chemicals we have will not last that long. So we must be very cautious about that. Actions that we can take for chemical, we must alternate insecticides correctly, always follow label instructions, include the principles of integrated pest management in controlling strategies, the so-called IPM. What is IPM and how can it help in the fight against stir? IPM is integrated the pest management. As I said, the chemicals that we're using is not always effective and there's resistance against them because this pest comes from Peru and then through Europe and Africa and it's already got resistance against most of the chemicals that we're using at this time. So principles of IPM is sanitation, crop rotation, monitoring, and as I said, the role of natural enemies. So sanitation is where we remove all the plants that's infected, the leaves we have to break out, the containers that we use, previously used greenhouses should be sanitized, all the weeds, the Solanacea family weeds must be removed because they can breed on those weeds as well, and all fruits and other plants that's infected must be removed and but preferably we must bury them in the ground. One of the other things we must do is rotate our crops. Don't stick with tomatoes all the time. Maybe rotate it with coal crops and bean crops, especially not other solanacea crops like potatoes and peppers. 
And then there's another thing we can do is monitoring with pheromones. Pheromones is something that we put out that attracts all the male moss, and then we can determine how big the population is and if we can plant the tomatoes or not. Total pheromone is placed in a delta trap. That's the thing that we can get over the counter. We put the pheromone in there and it will track the males and we can count how many males there is and then there's a calculation that we can make to see if there's too much to tell in the vicinity. For the homeowner, they can use self-made water paint traps. That's just a little bucket that they put with soap water in and some of them, the moss will fall into that soap water and we can also determine what happened there. These traps should actually be put up before we plant a crop just to determine what the pressure is at that stage. Then, as I said, the biological control part of the IPM program is basically it's predators, parasitoids, and diseases. The predators, like uh, minutes are feeding on the tuta, and then you also get the parasitoids. It's like a little insect that also feeds on tuta. And finally, what are your recommendations to small-scale farmers? I think the biggest problem will be for these guys because they don't, as I said, the chemicals sold in little containers. It's usually sold in liters or five-liter containers, and it won't be viable for these guys to alter some different products. So for them, I will say monitor with the pheromone traps two weeks before replanting to determine the best pressure. All that self-made pan traps that I that just mentioned. Use plant material without traces of tuta absolutely. If you see any marks on the leaves, don't plant those plantings or remove those leaves and bury them or burn them. Scout daily for mines on leaves and infested fruit. Further on, you can remove and destroy infested plant material as well as drop fruit and burying them 50 centimeter deep. Remove all solanum weeds near the planting area. Implement sanitation on a weekly basis. Implement crop rotation in planting regimes to tomatoes and then beans and then maybe cabbage or sweet potato. And then you can go back to tomato. If not rotating, leave harvest fields fallow for at least six weeks. And spraying is an option. Implement rotation schedules. Thanks so much, Alvin. For more on the topic, visit www www.foodformzanzi.co.za And that's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. From me, Octavius Pandil, our technical producer, Megan van der Veen, and the rest of the hashtag FoodformZanzi. Thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.